Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Ramos Weekly Podcast. I'm sitting here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac. Howdy. Um, on a blustering um, day here in June, June 14th, we're actually recording the program. Um, kind of warm up here. And actually, Granny's Attic's been getting a little warm up here today, yeah. too. But you know, I think they got it. It's not as bad as last time, I guess. Last, last time week was, was kind of hot. Yeah, it was hot. Well, because we're hot. They were hot. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why we can't video this. We are too hot. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, if you're listening to us an email at Rayma, um, or sorry, podcast at Rayma.org, um, you know, let us know how much you like the program, how much you don't like the program, how much you don't like Tony. Um, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to say, just let us know. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Rayma Podcast. And like I said, we, we um, drop new programs. I'm saying now every Wednesday and Friday because sometimes I'm late on Tuesday and Thursday dropping the program. So every by it'll be there by Wednesday morning, you know. And um, you know, we encourage some of your friends to listen to the podcast. I mean, you know, they want to hear some some ministry and a lot of jokes. Um, you know, <laughs> might be a good thing to listen to. Anyway, we, we are um, honored once again to have Pastor Rick Burke um, with this Pastor Rick. Um, he um, pastors in Claremore, Oklahoma, right down the street. Um, he has the very spiritual church, um, you know, very spiritual church name, I guess, Cedar Point Church. Um, you always say your, your web address is cedarpoint.church. 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 And, and the reason we're kind of laughing about it is because we ask him, why is Cedar Point? He, do, he doesn't know. Yeah, well, we, it has no meaning to it other than no the fact meaning, we just know. like it. Fact, I, don't, I don't even know how many cedars there are in Claremore, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, if you want to be like more Claremore, like Will Rogers Church or something like that, you yeah, know, might, yeah. Might know, you know. Yeah, the, we were concerned that name was taken. Yeah, the problem. So. The problem. I, I'm sure Claremore Christian Center is already taken <laughs> too, right? right? <laughs> so you know, but anyway, good to have you, Pastor Rick. And it's good to be here, man. I'm honored to be with you guys. And yeah, so we were talking between this podcast, and we were, we were talk, talking a little about about tests. You've been you've been preaching about about tests and trials. So yeah, tell us about that. Well, you know, I mean, all of us are different. There are various tests we go through in life. You know, one one is the patience test. You know, we go through that. You know, one is the identity test. You know, when Jesus was in the wilderness, you know, it's, you think about that. You know that. Well, actually, the identity test started in the garden. Whenever you know the serpent, the devil said to Eve, "You know, he said, you'll be like God." Well, she already was like him. She's made in his image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, he was he was questioning her identity, which affected her behavior. And the same thing's true. You remember. When Jesus was baptized, you know, the, what what did the Father say from heaven? This is my beloved Son, in whom you are well, well pleased. pleased. Yeah. And what was the very first temptation? If you are the Son of God, then, you know, turn yeah. the stones into bread. So so we have those kind of tests that we do. And and um, then we have, uh, you know, we have the surrender test, and we have the pit test, you know. And, and I, I was looking at the surrender test, um, and I, we, I looked at Abraham, you know, whenever God called him to give up Isaac. And, um, you know, it says that sometime later God tested Abraham. He t- tested Abraham's faith. That's in the New Living Translation. And, you know, really, any time that we talk about surrender, that, it, you know, it is in reality, a surrender is a step of faith. You know, it, it's one of those things that cause it really is causing me, it requires me to turn loose of something that's very valuable to me and very important to me. And, and I know when we were going through that with our, with our congregation, you know, some things I said to them was that, you know, that faith is not passive and it's not painless. Mm, you good. know, that, um, uh, you know, again, a lot of times I, I think, um, again, I, I learned about faith here, you know, at Raven Bible training college. And, um, there were things that people that had never said under the ministry 
here that they didn't get about faith. You know, that it was never told us that walking by faith is going to be easy. You know, that there would, it would, it was never preached right. that it'll be without trial. You know, that yeah, I mean, folks leave with that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, and a lot of people get that idea, but that's yeah. not, well, that we didn't teach that. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you know, off the air, we, we all share different opportunities. We've had to believe God and to trust God, you know, for ourselves or for the ministries that we're part of leading. Right. And so, um, you know, so you look at this place wherever Abraham was, you know, God was testing his faith. The very first thing he talked to talk to him about was uh, to offer up Isaac. And I think it's interesting that, that the place he gave him was a three day journey. And I thought about what was that journey like on the way there? You know, I mean, was he, how many times was he tempted to stop? Yeah. You know, this is just, this is too much. I don't want to do this. And so I'll guarantee you that he dealt with some of the same feelings and emotions that we deal with whenever God calls us to do something, to turn loose of something. And yeah. so there's that test that we go through and, and um, you, you know, that, you know, I think that's one of the things that, that, and I'm sure I've been guilty of it, but I know I know that wasn't taught here. We didn't. Uh, that I mean, I knew here that you know, Brother Hagen used to tell us that he said, "Look, if you're called of God, he said you got to know you're called because he said there's going to be times that if you don't know that, the issues you're going through are going to cause that question to rise in you. You got to be you got to know for yourself. And so, so we go through you know that kind of test. The you know the the uh, the surrender test. Am I going to let go of this? And um and and so. Uh, we looked at that for a little bit. One of the things that we saw in that, again, it was a journey that, you know, faith isn't, it's not painless. It's not passive. It requires movement and, um, and that we have to turn hand, our hands loose. And I think it's interesting when Abraham passed that test, that after that test, if you'll remember when God spoke to him, he said, look, I'm going to bless your descendants. Now, here's the cool thing about that is, is that where was the area that Abraham's faith was tested with his descendants? Yeah. Right. In other words, Abraham, I mean, Isaac mm-hmm. was his descendant yeah. when he passed that test. Then God was able to reveal to him what all he wanted to do in that area of his life. And that's that's the thing about surrender is that it's incredibly difficult because we turn loose of control of something that's really important to us. We don't know all the things we have to go through and all the challenges. And it is a journey. And sometimes along the way, you know, it takes time. And but when we get on the other side of it, then God's able to reveal to us the things that he wants to do in that situation. And so we talked about that. And then probably the one that, that was the most spoke to me the most was the pit test. And that's when we used when Joseph was thrown in the pit by his brothers and where that took him, you know, and when you're in the pit test, everything that you put your confidence in is tested. Right. I mean, yeah. And again, this yeah. is a place that I was taught to put my confidence in the word, you know, that, I mean, I, I know, you know, as, a, as we sit here and talk, we could talk about different storms that we've all been in. I, I remember, your grandfather, you know, Brother Hagan, he said, you know, he said our, our lives don't collapse because of the storm. He said they collapse if they're not built on the word. And that just stuck with mm-hmm. me, you know, that that willingness in the pit test, you find out what your life is built on. You find out what's in there. Everything that you trusted in is tried. And, you know, there's some things that we put our trust in, maybe our, our gifts or our talents or our charm or our resources that, in the pit, those things don't always, they don't always stand up, but, but whenever we, uh, you know, we stay, keep our life built on the word and connected with what God's called us to do, then, um, we endure those things. We come out on the other end and we can be like Joseph. We said, what, what maybe somebody intended for evil, God's used for good. I know that there are listeners right now, but they're probably in the middle of the pit test, mm, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's not a fun place to be. You have all sorts of questions. You know, Joseph was falsely accused of doing some things that he didn't do. 
He was forgotten about while he was in prison. His own family betrayed him. You know, um, I don't know everybody's story. I, I know mine, and not that my family is perfect, but I, I've never felt betrayed by my family. Yeah. And I can't imagine that wound that, le- that leaves on somebody. And so you can imagine, again, if you're a listener and you're listening to this, that it's no accident that God has you listen to it at this time right now, that, I mean, you may feel, you may be one of those people that you feel betrayed or abandoned by your family, falsely accused for things you haven't done. The things that you put confidence in for most of your life are shaken right now. And it can just feel chaotic and unsteady, man. And that's not a place that any of us want to be. But, I mean, I, I know that we all have those own, our own stories of those moments and those seasons that we've been through that and that the Lord's brought us on the other side of it, you know. Um, you know, Craig, I know that's that's part of the, not only part of your life, but, you know, the legacy that, that you have is that, you know, your your grandfather and your dad, you know, and now, you know, generationally, you guys have had opportunities to trust God and probably some stories that only you all know about, yeah. you know, that God's used you on and that kind of thing. We, I mean, none of us are exempt from the pit test, are yeah. we? It doesn't matter who you are, right. you know, or, or, or what you you've done in the past, yeah. you know, you know, and that's the thing, you know, the, the devil is here to steal, kill and destroy. That's right. And, you know, and if I found out if he can't destroy you, he'll try to destroy your family. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, he'll go after your kids. He'll, he'll go, go after your, your wife. He'll, he'll go after, you know, as you get older, your grandkids. Yeah, or, absolutely. Or, or whatever, you know, because, you know, so, sometimes you're like, well, you know, you might have the, 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 whatever, the biggest faith ever for yourself. But when it comes to your kid, going through a situation you're like you know it'll get you out out of your own mental game or 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 what you're doing because the devil wants us you know he wants to destroy because he said steal kill and destroy and i'm like well after you steal after you kill someone how, how do you destroy him well the way you destroy me is destroy their legacy yeah that's right i mean you know you know killing someone i mean you know some, you know you know how many people have, have died and 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 we remember them you know years years later you know because just because they died you know they died, maybe died in a war or died in a battle but we remember them maybe even name a school after them or whatever maybe even rename the school after them you know again or, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or they're changing the name this year name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you used to have a school named after yeah. you but you don't have one anymore right but, but you know we we remember remember them but the way to kill the legacy is is, is to kill the you know their you know I mean, well, that's good. Is is to kill their family or even kill their dream? Yeah, that's good. I mean, I mean, you know, how many legacies have been killed during this COVID thing? Right. I mean, you know, I mean, restaurants that have been around for 40, 50 years, businesses have been around 40, 50 years, you know, just go under, you know, because I mean, you know, that's, I mean, it. Some people want to want to. Well, the the China invent COVID? No, the devil did. I mean, right. you know, I mean, you know, ultimately, I don't know where it came from. I mean, you know, we have emails to maybe, you know, but. but <laughs> But, you know, but, you know the, the thing about it is, is, is the devil's there to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said that I came that my, you might have life and have it more abundantly. So, you know, sometimes we're in the middle of the pit. We don't, we're thinking, well, where is that abundance, Jesus? But you know what? If you stay faithful, I mean, I mean, you will get out of that pit. I mean, but, you know, thinking about Joseph, I mean, not only did he, he get in the pit, you know, he gets sold into slavery, then he went to prison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, falsely accused, yeah, right? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, well, it seemed like everything was going good, and then he got falsely accused, and went in prison. But you know what? You know, when God has a call and a plan for you, it doesn't matter how much the devil tries to keep you down. If you're willing to, you know, just to be faithful, I mean, you know, you will fulfill that. And obviously, he went from prison, you know, to becoming a ruler. I mean, yeah. You know, and, well, 
And, and you think about that, you know, it, it, uh, you know, Je- Genesis 39, two says the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. And it says that, and I think even when it says when he was in prison, the Lord was with him. And, and yeah. I thought about that, you know, how parents like to brag about their kids. Can you imagine being, you know, Joseph's, you know, he was the chief prisoner. Can you imagine like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's your, what's your daughter doing right now? Oh man, you know, she's an attorney. She works for the city. Oh, I'm so proud of her. What about you? Oh, my son, he's a doctor. He works down here. But your son, he's a chief prisoner. They, they, they say that he's getting all sorts of promotions right there in prison. I mean, can you imagine? And yet there, it, and so this one, thing I think we fail to realize because it says that the Lord was with him, that, you know, that if you're in the pit right now, the Lord, the Lord's with you. I mean, yeah, he hasn't, yeah. he hasn't abandoned you. Maybe other people have, but the Lord hasn't. He's with you right now, you know, and, and man, sometimes it, that pit can feel like a lonely place. It can feel like a desperate place. It can feel like a place that, that um, I mean, we're doing all we can to hang on because, you know, we feel abandoned. I, you, you talked about, you know, his family sells him into slavery. Then, then he goes to work, you know, for that guy. And then he's falsely accused and put in prison. And then you remember, you know, he, he shared two guys had dreams that were in there and he told one of them, you're going to be restored. And he said, yeah. when you get restored, remember me, the guy forgets about him. Yeah. He's in there a couple more years. I mean, you talk about an opportunity to be angry and mm-hmm. bitter, you know? And Oh yeah. Yeah. And once you get out, throw that guy back that, in prison. That's right. Yeah, I've been promoted. Good news is I'm promoted. Bad news is you're getting back in prison. You forgot about me. You know? And, you know, I think something we need to bring out is is there are sometimes, you know, like Joseph's you know, story where his family's put him in the pit. There's sometimes we put our own self in the no, pit. No question. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, by bad decisions. I've been guilty of that more yeah. than the other. Yeah. You know, and, and kind of, well, even we'll use the prodigal son. You know, he was in a pig pen. Yeah. So he was in his own pit. But then he remembered, you know what, why am I going to sit in there wallowing around in the mud? When I can go back to the Father, yeah, you know, and so even when you're in the middle of the pit, you know, so, sometimes once we get ourselves, we need to have a realization: Hey, I I screwed up. Yeah, you know, I, I'm in this place, and it wasn't that my family put me in this place because we want to blame our family, we want to blame all these things, you know, blame our boss, blame this, blame COVID, whatever we want to blame, blame Dr. Fauci, whatever, right. whatever you want to blame. But ultimately, you know, blaming people is not going to get you out of the pit. Yeah. And at some point in time, you said, you know what? I'm going to start trusting God. Right. You know, and, and like I said, he, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's right there with us in the middle of whatever we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Psalm 107 says yeah. fools because of their iniquities are afflicted. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes, I mean, the wounds on my life sometimes are self-inflicted. You know, sometimes my own decisions, my own choices, my own attitude, you know, yeah. have put me in the place that I'm in. And you're right. I mean, at some point, you know, it says this about the prodigal son that he came to himself. Yeah. He came right. to himself. You know, we have to awaken and come to ourselves. you know, that. Man, even in my father's house, you know, the servants have more than enough to eat. Yeah, because because you know what? At that point in time, he was committed to be a servant yeah. the rest of his life because it yeah. was it was better that. But you know what? With with Jesus, you're never a servant. You're 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 you know we're always a son of God, right? And so it's you know it's, it's pretty awesome to, to know that God loves us even when we we mess up. Yeah, you know, so many times. Well, you think about the guy, you know, the prodigal going back to him. You know, for you know the context again is that this was a Jewish fable that was told. Jesus was telling, and again he. It was actually a traditional one that he changed the ending of so they would see how the love of the Father is. Mm-hmm. But you think about this from a Jewish standpoint, that if you are if you end up in a pig pen, what does that tell you? You're working for Gentiles. Right. You know, and I mean, a pig is an unclean animal. So the worst yeah. thing that can happen to you is to be working for a Gentile in a pig pen with an unclean animal. <laughs> I mean, that's where his own decisions had taken him, right? But even again, as bad as that was, man, I mean, like you said, you know, he, he owned his own decisions. He owned his responsibility in that pit. And the Lord helped bring him back home, you know, I mean. Yeah, but going back to the story of Joseph, I mean, you know, there are times that we're like, man, how did I get here? Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, you know, because, 
I, I know a lot of times we want to blame most, but there are sometimes things are out of our control. You know, like, well, I mean, obviously with the COVID thing, a lot of things were out of your control. It wasn't, I mean, you, you, you didn't plan to shut your business down. You, you didn't plan that no one's going to come visit or anything. You, you're just trying to make a living, you know? And so because the governor overreach and things like that, you know, they decided for you that, Hey, we'll, we'll give you 1200 bucks to stay at home and, you know, right. you know, and you can't open. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. How long was that last year? And, and you're right. I mean, it is one of those things like, yeah, how did I get here? And, and some, and, and I'll, I'll just be, for, and I can only speak in for myself that often or many times when I, when I ask that question, I look at my own life and there have been decisions I've made that have, that have put me there. But you know, the, the two times that are the most hard for me, that that's not the hardest time for me. The hardest time for me is either a, if I'm there because, because of a connection I have with somebody, they pulled me there. You know what yeah. I mean? That's, you know, Paul, you remember he had a storm that he went through. He said, guys, we don't need to take this. We don't need to go because it's going to going to lead to much hurt. Well, they ended up in a storm. If they listened to Paul, they wouldn't be there. And so we've had those moments. And then the other is when I'm in the middle of it and I have no idea why I'm there. I don't know why I'm in the pit. I, you know, yeah. I've examined my life. My attitude's been good. I haven't been perfect, but I've dealt with things they need to be dealt with. And I'm here. And I will tell you that what I found out, just like with Joseph, is more often than not, there are things that I that I have to learn in the pit that I can't learn anywhere else that God wants to do for me. You, you know, it's um, I, when we first started Cedar Point, or we actually, we were going back and forth looking for a place to meet at Cedar Point. And so we found this uh, this this place that we wanted to meet at. And I'd had a friend of mine, he was a businessman in New Mexico that was traveling with us. And so we talked to the property manager and wrote, wrote the person out a check. And we thought, okay, this is where we're going to meet. Well, then after we did that, we're, we're trying to, make connections they won't respond to us oh man <laughs> and so after you um, wrote the check out. after we wrote the checkout and so and they and the wild thing about is we knew they were a reputable business person they you know they weren't they wasn't somebody we'd never i mean so we yeah so like this is weird well come to find out you know they were the property manager and the owner didn't want a church in there and they didn't know how to tell us that they didn't want a church in there mm. so so they'd done a few things that ended up not being true and finally they just had to sit down and say look we just don't want you in there we can't keep you out but we don't want you in there so now I was mad, and I was like, "Well, if you just told me the truth, because I'm a capitalist, I'd been like, we did, but you didn't." So, my my buddy, he he was he was operating out of wisdom instead of anger, and he said, "You know, you won. You can have your church there, but that's the way you want to get started." And I'm like, "No, no." So so we went to another place, and almost had the exact same thing happen. You know, they'd committed to it, agreed to it, then later on backed out on the deal. Man, I was so irritated. And then eventually we came across this one group that was meeting in this place that they were thinking about shutting down and they wanted to connect with us. And it ended up being the place that we bought and we're meeting at today. And I will tell you up until that time, those other issues, I thought it was the devil. You know, I'm like, I'm like stinking devil, man. He's, you know, he's getting in the way and that type of thing. And the reality of it is I look back and it was the grace of God protecting us from making a bad decision. And uh, just over and over again, I've had to learn to trust God's timing because sometimes in those moments we're doing what we know to do. We're making the decision we know to make. And yet things are not turned out the way that we think they should. And I have no idea why that is. And I've come to the, I'm coming to the conclusion. I said, I've come to the conclusion, but it seems like every time I get in that pit, that I get frustrated again, that I, I want to come to the conclusion that when it's those moments that it's, that I have to trust God's timing and trust his hand, that this is the path that he's going to take me through to get me there. You know, in Psalms, he says this, that he led the children of Israel through a path they didn't know was there, you know? And so. So sometimes we're in the pit and, you know, we, we've examined ourselves and we don't know why we're there. And you say, what do I do? I just have to trust that God's with me. And just like he did with Joseph, I mean, that the pit, if, if 
if we're in that situation, sometimes the pit is the path to promotion. Joseph would have never got in the position that he was in in Egypt had he not gone through the pit. You know, it was the, the, his family didn't have enough connections to get him there. His family didn't have the resources to get him there. It was, it was this rugged path that prepared him. Again, what they used to pray for us here, Lord, prepare me for what thou hast prepared for me. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the, the pit is a path of preparation for promotion. Well, this stuff gets it's built in you and put in you there, you know. Another religious word for it is the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and and that you just can't get any other way. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and I like messes with some people's theology, but the thing about it is, through that, and you touched on it, is this issue of trust. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can get a bad attitude. You can start blaming God and your grandma and get bitter, grandma. Right? You can get bitter, but if you just trust Him through that, I was thinking about Job. I mean, he his theology's all messed up. He don't have a clue why he's going through the hell he's going through, and he utters out of his mouth, though he slay me, he thinks God's doing all that. Right, you know? right. He don't know God's got a better. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> and he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yeah. And so if we trust when we're going through those places, when we don't really have a clue why we're there. I know we've all, if we could share all our stories, we've, we've had them. I mean, for mine was literally a landfill. Yeah. Uh, you know, a minister situation uh, turned out really bad. I got a family to feed. You know, uh, I I don't have a lot of skills, uh, but I can run any kind of equipment, and they're hiring at the landfill. Yeah. And so I worked nearly a year at the landfill, uh, you know. I mean, and it was tough to not just be mad at God and ministry and everybody. And I wouldn't do that over again for a million dollars. Yeah. But I wouldn't take a million for what God did in me in that time as I trusted. Yeah. And it was through making right decisions then and letting go of bitterness uh, and learning to walk in love and learning to build, rebuild a personal relationship with him that that other doors start opening when you come through this. Tony, um, can you share, some people maybe maybe didn't hear your testimony, share what happened at that landfill that actually ended up getting you back in the marriage. Oh, about the book. About yeah. the book. That yeah. was pretty, that's pretty interesting. Wow. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and there again, you know, God is with you. You, you were touching on that about with Joseph in the pit. God was with him in the pit. Well, I'm working at this landfill where I've been in full-time ministry. And now I'm like, you know, is this it? I mean, has God forgot me? Is this, is this going to be it now? Just, you know, and, uh, I'm pretty low, you yeah. know, just to be, be frank about it. And, uh, we were bringing in the material on, uh, on rail and that's the reason they were hiring because we built a real spur and then then later we were then moving that material off the rail into the landfill and so i'm there unloading a truck one day and just you know you know how you are when you're depressed and kind of like a cartoon you know you're kicking the dirt and you know and so uh i kicked the dirt as i'm shuffling back to the truck from opening the tailgate and uh hit something kind of uncovered there on top of the land up on top of the landfill and um, it was a book, but it caught my attention. And I leaned down and picked it up, took some of the dirt and mud off of it, and, and it was Brother Hagen's lesson book on the ministry gift. Wow. I started squalling right there on top of that landfill. Yeah. And I uh, put that book in my truck, and I reread it again because I've read it before. Yeah. And, uh, but it just reminded me God knew where I was. God still called me. 
you know. But I mean, Brother Hagen's book. I still got that book. That's wild. Get, it's over on my bookshelf. And, and, and you literally were in the pit. Yeah, yeah. literally, it was That's in the right. pit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, got, not figuratively, literally. Yeah, yeah. But you, know, you think about I, I think about those times and those moments. And again, if it's not, you know, it's one thing I can be mad at myself if I put myself in there, but when it's connected to other people's decisions, other people's behaviors, man, it's just, it's real easy to get bitter and angry. Well, you still got to forgive yourself. Yeah, yeah, you do have to forgive yourself. Yeah. Was it this podcast or the last one you touched on the shame issue? Yeah. Uh, You know, I teach in the school guilt says I've done wrong. Right. Shame says I am wrong. Yeah. And we're not in the shame business. Right. Well, we condemn ourselves. What what do we do when we condemn a building? It's not fit for use, you know? And so condemnation does that, right? And so I think about Joseph again, you know, realizing that God was with him. I mean, he had to forgive his family because when his family stood before him, one of his brothers is Judah. Yeah. And, you know, that's the line that Jesus comes from. I mean, if he hadn't been willing to forgive them, there's no way that God could have <laughs> yeah. promoted been some of us. It wouldn't have been no that, Jesus. That's right. You know, well, or Joseph wouldn't have been in his position, right? God yeah, would have yeah. found another way, but it Ooh, wouldn't have we, been Joseph. Man. And so, I, I mean, it's, it's so connected to our destiny. It's so connected yeah. to what God's called us to do. And, and and again, we go through the pit. It does. It tests every area of security. You know, for Joseph, you know, the one thing his brothers did was rip the coat off that his father had made for him. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you read some things about Joseph, and they were little brother kind of things, like you know, telling his brothers, "Hey, you're gonna." I had a dream, and you guys are working for me. <laughs> you know, and it's like, dude, that ain't happening. We're yeah. not working for you. I mean, get yeah. lost, go back home. You know, and so that that thing that represented his security with his relationship with his father, it was taken away from him just like that. Yeah. You know, and. um and so, and again, I, I know that there are people listening to this, that you identify with what we're talking about, man. You're in the pit right now and that you may feel betrayed. You may feel alone. You may be mad at yourself because your own decisions have put you here. But again, you can take confidence in the fact that God's with you. And if you turn your life and if you don't let yourself get bitter, and, and I'll, I'll just say this, just being very transparent. I was in a situation one time where I was really, uh, I, I'd felt wrong by a person and I really got, I got bitter towards them. And man, my life. And that season was not in a good place. It's amazing. Bitterness gives you permission to do things that in your heart you know aren't yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You, you feel know? righteous. Yeah, you're like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't do this normally, but because they did so and so, then I feel justified, justified to do that. I mean, it just it put me in a it put me in a dark place, mm-hmm. you know. And and thank God, you know, God dealt. He he had been dealing, but eventually I responded to it and had to repent because of the places it took me. But I mean, that pit it, again it. It prepares us for things. It it takes us to a place of promotion, and and it teaches us to love people even in their brokenness. You know, it's just it's just such a powerful place of testing. You know, that that comes in all of our lives. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of the pit, there are sometimes we talk to some some of our, our, our Rama students. Yeah. You know, so here they are. They're following God's plan. You know, they come out here. Sometimes they have trouble getting the job, finding a job, or finding something that was going to pay what they, you know, used to making. And you know, they're they're making a commitment, and it seems like. Then their car breaks down. This, I mean, you know, when you start following God, sometimes you know, it seems you know the devil's trying to throw you in a pit. Yeah, you know, and so sometimes I'm thinking, well, am I really following God's plan? But but you know what, I mean, you know, he's he's there with you. He's you know it you know he's just incredible. And so so even even when we're following after God's plan, sometimes we're like, well, why is this happening? Yeah, you know, well, it's happening because the devil's mean. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, the devil's mean, and and, and he he wants to keep you in the pit yeah you know or he wants you to get you out of out of his plan i mean out of your plan and purpose that god has for you and so there there are i mean you know pit can happen in many different ways like i said a lot, a lot of times you're like i don't know why this happened you know but um like i said if you if you remain faithful i mean it's just you know it's you you got to be able to 
believe God in the pit. Yeah. Well, Romans eight twenty eight. He's yeah. able to work all things together for good. Them that love God and are called according yeah. to his purpose. And and we have to remind ourselves of that sometimes. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can't be religious with that verse. It doesn't say that God's making things happen. And it also doesn't say that he can make all, uh, make good things come out of good things. Yeah. I don't need God for that. I can do that. That's right. <laughs> you know, right. no, it's, it's when things are going rough, he can take that and weave it into the story of our life. And you can look back years later and you can say like Paul in essence, in so many words, you know, nothing bad ever happened to me. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, it was all good. I, I've heard lots of testimonies. Hell, I said, you know, well, you know, at Rama, maybe we didn't have a lot or, or whatever, and we had, to, but we learned to trust God, and there He was go. always faithful, and that got us through the rest of our life because mm-hmm. we got we got in other situations where we're in the same. But but if God could be provide for us then, He'll provide for us now, and you know it's um, you know a lot of times learning things early is a, a good thing. Well, you know, and, and Craig, honestly, what you said right there, it kind of in my life. My tests don't get different; they just get bigger. Yeah, you know what I mean. In other words, like yeah, yeah. You know, like when I was going to Rama, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, before I started working here. There's a period of time I was delivering furniture, worked at a furniture store, just trying to make enough money, put gas in my car, and that kind of thing. But it was still, a, it was still a need issue. I'm having to believe God for right. Yeah. And then I get married, and so now we're trying to believe God for two people's needs. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we have kids. Now we're trying to believe God for three, four, five people's needs. And then, then we're ministry, and now God's He's entrusted us in leadership, and so we're trying to believe God for our own financial needs plus the needs of the ministry. I mean, it's still yeah. the same, still the same test, still the same need. It's just bigger. It's, you know? re- it's yeah. relative. That's right. It's, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of David when he stood before Goliath. You know, I killed the lion and the bear, and you're no yeah. different. But yeah. you had to kill the lion yeah. and the bear first, yeah. you know. You are so, bigger. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, God's always faithful, though. Yeah, he is. And, you know, like I said, and, and, but but it is it is interesting because like you said you now you're responsible you know for a lot of people yeah and it's just I, I know a lot of time thinking about here I mean you know um you know the, the amount of employees that we have here on on campus I mean you know you know, you know like you know we, we we had some financial um issues that it, we actually we're talking about before we got the podcast and I mean, there was a while that that um that um my grandparents and parents did not take a salary so that way we we can we can make payroll is more important that, that the that the employees um yeah. i know this is not why you're saying that but see those are things that i mean i i knew that yeah but people i mean a lot of people don't know that and i mean that's one of those things you want to say say it louder so the people in the back can hear <laughs> yeah. you know you what go. i mean that <laughs> yeah. it's like I, I mean they made they made a sacrifice that that nobody's gonna write a headline about nobody's gonna yeah celebrate on or anything like that but i mean not only is that an example for us, but it really reveals their heart too, doesn't right, it? I mean, exactly. They yeah. are. So I know it's not the direction you're going, but well, that and, just grabs and, me. And I, I mean, will say that they, they did allow me to get a salary so I could pay my car. <laughs> <laughs> but you were in a different place yeah, than they were. I, I, I wasn't where they were financially. Right. You know, financially, you know, they, they had some money in the bank. And so, so you know, we, we can, you know, it, was, it was summertime and, you know, around here. And that's one thing we, we used to always talk about. Well, when the students aren't here, I mean, you know, we, we, the, the income is down. And, you know, what, but that's not faith. Yeah. You know, interesting. Good. Once we change our mentality, you know, and a lot of times though, I will, you know, because our supporters, you know, they think about college when college, when, you know, nine months of the year, when, when there's college going on, they're like, yeah, I'm supporting rainbow, support rainbow. And uh-huh. Summertime people are doing their own thing when no one's yeah. in school, you know, and so, but they uh, go on vacation and the money goes with them a lot. Yeah, of times. Well, <laughs> lots, yeah that, that is true. I mean, you know, you know, now they can text to give, you know, no matter where they are. Um, they can. Yeah, they can, whether they do it or not. But but it is interesting. In the summertime, it used to be our, our toughest time. But, sure. But once we quit talking about it, it's our toughest time, 
you know, God started, you know, just, you know, blessing us in the summer. And the summertime, we would spend a lot of time, you know, because, because now, you know, the students are there so we can you know, refurbish the classroom and, and do this and do that and, you big know, stuff, yeah. big stuff up. And some, sometimes we're spending more money in summertime than we are the, you know, you know, the, the rest of the year. But you know what? God is faithful in the middle of all our trials, in the middle of all our stuff, whether, like I said, once again, whether we caused it or, or, or whether the, the, the devil is just trying to stop us. You yeah. Know? You know, and I think about the, the song that um, Ray Jean would, would always sing or Emerson singers or band. You know, nothing will stop this mighty moving force. Right. You know, and, and there's no devil in hell that's going to stop you. And, and it's, um, you know, like I said, like we had, we, you know, dad has a, that the saying, you know, that, that I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. As yeah. long as you don't quit, you know, you're going to get through it all. Well, there's a lot of truth in that in there. I, I mean, that, that part of being willing to, to persevere. And I know during the pandemic, that was kind of one of the things I think the Lord, you know, built off that he put in me was that you, you just can't stop the local church. You can't stop it. The yeah. church won't be stopped. And um, and again, that was put in me here, you know, that that mindset. And, you know, one of the tests we talked about was being faithful. And I that was connected to it, too, being willing to persevere, you know, that, that again, sometimes the first time that hardship shows up, people pack their bags and go. And I heard a guy say one time, he said, he said I can tell you, I can tell you how far you're going to go. He said, you show me your pain threshold, and I'll show you how far you can go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and we have to keep growing our pain threshold. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and again, you know, part of that test comes down to being faithful with things that don't seem really that important and then being faithful with some, somebody else's. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, in a culture, we, and and I love people, and I don't mean to, I know this is going to sound judgmental, and I don't mean for it too, <laughs> but we live in a culture that's fairly narcissistic in nature. You know, they they did a study just extremely, recently. I, I, extremely narcissistic in nature. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. So, they did a study just recently, whereas used to kind of the determining force was, is this right or wrong? Would be kind of That would be a huge part of the compass that carried us culturally. Now the cultural question is, does it make you happy? That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And so it really takes us to a different place. Well, the problem is, is that very few people don't endure hardship um, because it doesn't make them happy. And as a result, they miss out on the things that are going to take place for life, you know, so so again, somebody that's in the pit test, they may be in some hardship right now that the worst thing to do is to quit, yep. give up, to walk away. I mean, obviously, if there's things you did that put you in there and stop doing those things, right? But yeah. but if, but just because you're in a hard place doesn't mean you're not in God's place. I think about with, uh, you know, with Abraham and Sarah that, um, you know, with, with her handmaid that, you know, she left. And that God told her, he said, go back and submit yourself to her. Yeah. So in other words, even though that she was in a hard place, that um, that the Lord sent her back to that hard place. Now, eventually she left, and God said, I'm going to take care of you now. In other words, it was time for you to go. But, man, you know, sometimes we let hardship be our compass, and it's not a good compass. Well, the path to God's provision for her was back through submit. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's good, yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. And so I know I know as many people as you guys have employed here and that type of thing that I'm sure there have been people that you just had a sense that God was getting ready to do something huge in them and they went through a hard place and they just quit. And it probably almost just yeah. grieves you sometimes. You're like, oh, man, I wish I wish you'd have stayed. I wish you would endure. There was just something on the horizon for you. I'm sure you guys have seen that over and over again. Well, you know, and that is true. But also I was, I'm thinking about it from an, another standpoint, from a faith standpoint, and, and I've, I've ministered this long, you know, one of my one of my grandfather's favorite faith messages was on one with the tissue of blood, Mark chapter five. Yeah, you know, and, and I've thought about this many times. 
How many other people were kind of like this woman? You know, when she said, if I came to the press behind, if I may touch this garment, I shall be healed. What if, you know, if she would have stopped two feet short, she wouldn't have got healed. That's good. So how many people were almost in the Bible? I mean, yeah. you know, like like they almost got it. Yeah. But but now you know, they're not listening we to the Bible. Know, we don't know we, them. We, we don't know them. Yeah. You know, but because of her commitment and because of her following through with her faith, you know, you know, that story has literally changed, you know, millions of people's life. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and continues to change millions of people's life. In fact, what, 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 what guess was it? It was, it was Joe Dunnick said said he came to 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 a prayer school before he he wasn't a student at the time he just came and said said my grandfather I was there for a whole month mm-hmm. and he said every so open, open uh, mark, five. mark chapter five every day for a whole <laughs> does he month. know anything else? <laughs> so he's wondered does, does brother Hagen know anything about mark chapter five you know <laughs> and so and, but the point was is you don't get it yet yeah you know? so you know but, but man being perseverance you know perseverance but I think it's also interesting here we are bunch of ministers talking about tests you know i I think there's a kind of a thought pattern hey if i accept jesus christ as my lord my personal lord and savior i'm not going to have any more tests easy street you know it's going to be like heaven on earth yeah and that's not the truth right how many times did brother hagan tell us the trials of life come to us all right yeah yeah we don't he said we won't float by on flowery beds of ease you know eating uh, wild onions and it, but, and branch water, or something. But, but you know, Drinking branch water. The other side about it is, you don't see a lot of ministers talking about tests because people won't come to their church if they're talking about tests. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't want to hear that, right? You know, they they want to hear hear you know God's goodness and 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 God is good, and they want to hear about the blessings, but they don't need. You know, and then people get in a in a test and they don't they they don't understand why, and then they get mad at God, right? You know, and you know sometimes it might be our fault as a minister. So you know we need to preach the whole gospel. Yeah. Well, I think about Mark 4, you know, when Jesus told the disciples, you know, they got in the boat, he said, let's go to the other side, and he fell asleep. I think it's interesting, they had a storm that came, and, and if you were to ask people, were they in the will of God? And the answer to that question would be, yes, they were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. And so most of the time, we have this mindset, if I'm doing what God told me to do, there won't be any storms. And here's a prime example of them being in the will of God, doing what Jesus told them to do, and a storm comes up. And, exactly. and it's so treacherous that some of these guys are fishermen, so you know they've handled storms before. And I don't get nervous unless the professionals are nervous. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know what I mean? The professionals were nervous. Matter of fact, they're so nervous, so they yeah. reach, they wake Jesus up and they ask him this question. And it's a question we've all asked him at some point or another. Don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to perish? In other words, you know, sometimes those hardship, it's really, it's really easy, you know, in our, in our disappointment or our pain to say, man, God, don't you care what I'm going through right now? And that was the same question they asked him. And of course, you know, he, he chastised them for their faith because, because, you know, again, he, he'd given them the word. He told him what the outcome would be, but he didn't say it was going to be easy. The outcome is going to be you're going to be on the other side. Now, he didn't tell him about the storm, but you're going to be on the other side. Yeah, and I, and I knew I, about the storm, they wouldn't win. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think that's one thing, too, is that we have two choices. If we don't like the storm, we can calm it, or we can wither through it and still get to the other side. That's right. <laughs> Whatever we want to do. That's if, right. If, if you want it to be easy, then you need to come against the storm. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, but Or if you just want to just get through it you'll still make it that's right one way or the other right well you know one psalm that we love so much psalm 23 you know david wrote it yeah. but there's one little phrase in there he said though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i'll fear no evil and, I, and we just all realize this there's some things we don't get to go around right. you know yeah. some things we don't get to go under um we have to go through and you know, the difference again is that the lord's presence is there that he's with us well, the other side of it, are, are you going to pass through or are you going to stay there yeah 
That's a know. great point right there. And so, you know, he, he didn't say, I'm going to stay in the valley of shallow death. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to go through it. That's good. And get to the other side. Well, another, yeah. another psalm would pass through the valley of Baca. Yeah. You know, the weeping tears yeah. pass through. We don't stop. Yeah. There we make a well. Why? Because there's somebody else coming behind you. Yeah. And, and, and it's so right, though. I mean, it really is one of those things that sometimes we get more comfortable with our problems than we do with the, you know, with, with the uncertainty of what the answer looks like. You know, I know we, we all know this, but I love the time whenever, um, you know, I think the frogs had shown up uh, in Egypt yeah. and they asked Pharaoh, you know, he said, when do you want him gone? He said, you know, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Like, why would yeah. you want that done now? You know, give it them today, yeah. you know, yeah. and one more night with the frogs, you know, and so is that, you know, that's how a lot of our lives are lived. It's like, I'll do this one more night. Yeah, but it's not good for it mm. keeps you in the pit. Yeah. Yeah. Ed, it is interesting. <laughs> you know, but how many times have we done that too? I mean, oh, you know, yeah. where we could get rid of it now, but we've like, you know, well, next month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Now, something else too is you talked about whenever you, you went to, you know, here you are, your starter church. I mean, you know, you can't even get by a, a place. I mean, right. you, you can't even, you know, lease a place. I mean, you know, some people would stop would stop there. Right. Like, oh, God doesn't want me to do this now because I nobody wants to <laughs> it must wants be to, a sign. Yeah, it <laughs> must be a sign that nobody wants to want, wants to, you know, lease me a building. Right. Well, yeah, and and yeah, all those thoughts can go through your head. And and again, I, I wasn't I wasn't twenty years old and single. We were in our mid forties. Yeah. And we got three kids. Well, our oldest one's a, at that time was a sophomore in high school, our next one was a freshman, our next one was a seventh grader. And so, you know, we're trying you know, I mean, they're starting to think about things like cars and different things like that and yeah. And, you know, we pulled them from everything they know, which at that time had finally gotten to a place where it was pretty secure. You know, before that point, we first started in youth ministry. We were making um, we at that time, the church that we were at was small, didn't have any benefits and we weren't making very much money. And so we ended up going through some hardship. And I remember that I'd never been to a pawn shop before. And so we had to go. We had to start hawking some things. I went I, mean, I went to a pawn shop and I asked the guy, I said, I don't know how this works. And he said, well, you're going to. You're good. I'm going to loan you money. You're going to bring a piece of equipment in here. I'm going to loan you money. And um, and he said, you you pay me back 10% a month. That's the interest until you can pay until you pay it off. And he said, if you don't pay me, then I'm going to sell it for a lot more than it's worth. He was very kind, but he, he just let me know this how the business end up works. So we got a relationship. I began to bring stuff in. And I remember, you know, we had a lady that lived with us for a period of time, and she's like, where's your TV? And I said, what's in the shop? And where's your microwave? I said, it's in the shop. You know, where's your where's your VCR? It's in the shop. And she probably thought repair shop. I mean, I didn't clarify it for her, but it was in the pawn shop. She probably thought, don't loan those folks any of your stuff because, man, it breaks all of it ends up in the shop. But I, Maverick, we had so much stuff that one time um, somebody found out about it. And they, they said, dude, I, I feel like we're supposed to get this out. It it took us two trips to the pawn shop to haul everything away. Oh man! I remember the hardest day was when we were in there and we we're trying to pay our light bill. We'd gotten a notice and our, our electric was past due, and um, they said, um, and so we'd given everything we had of any value to the pawn shop, and we still weren't there yet to keep our lights on. And all we had was our wedding bands, and I remember I had to look at my wife and say, "Can I have your wedding band?" Mm. Oh wow! Ooh. And so <laughs> we we hawked our stuff, you know, to to stay in ministry, and then and then we went through that hardship. And finally got to a place of security and comfort. The church we were at had grown and that kind of thing. And now God's dealing with us to go start up something else. Mm-hmm. And so kind of the same thing. We went through a season where finances were tight. We went for a period of time without a paycheck, you know, and that becomes hard on, you know, your obligations financially and that, that kind of thing. And, and again, it was a storm that I believe that we were, we were at a place that God had directed us to go. And it was just, this was something that we, 
got to go through. And um, we could have stayed there and been angry and bitter and all that kind of stuff. But it's amazing. You know, here's the wild thing about it. You talk about even talking about forgiving people. One of the people that was involved in that first place we went to because we didn't get angry or bitter, they go to our church today. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just one of those things that how, how God does that and getting on the other side of it. But it's part of our story and part of recognizing his faithfulness. Amen. So, mm-hmm. you know what? You know, if, if if you have to face a few pits you know, or, or a few tests, don't worry about it. Without a test, you can't have a testimony. That's right. You know, and God is faithful, and he will get you through it, no, ma- no matter what it might be. I mean, he's going to get you through it every time. Or maybe you are out there, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm going through some tests and trials or whatever, but I, I don't know much about the Word of God. You know, one of the places you might learn about, uh, about God's Word is Rainbow Bible Training College, rbtc.org. Just encourage you to go to your, your computer or go to your cell phone. Type in rbtc.org, look us up, find more information about Rama, and then um, you know, give us your information, and, and we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you about Rama, talk to you about it. You know, it's not necessarily a college for young kids. I mean, we have some people 30, 40, 50, you know, or even older than me you know, here at Rama Bible Training College. But I, I, I tell you what, man, um, God's doing wonderful things through our graduates around the world. I, I said, yes. you know, Pastor Rick's one, one of our Rama graduates and doing great things in the city of, of Claremore, in the state of Oklahoma. So, um, you know, RaymondBibleTrainingCollege.org, um, RBTC.org. Um, check that out. And we're accepting applications right now for the 2021-2022 school year, which starts September the 1st. Well, Pastor Rick, it was wonderful to have you, uh, you know, and you know, we'll, we'll have you again sometime. I, I know sometimes, we, you know, Claremore's not that far away, you know, but, but um, you know, sometimes you... You, you don't even think about it, you know, but yeah. I actually, one of my things, what I actually had, you were on my list and it just happens that you happened to text me right when I was doing podcasts and, and we were able to make this work. So I was honored to be here. Thank you guys yeah. for hey, me here with we you. Enjoyed. Yeah. yeah it's, enjoy, I mean, I think, you know, you know, people, people have learned lots of lessons, you know, through this one. And also even, even the first broadcast, we talked about a, a, a lot of, a lot of different things. So, amen. Well, you know, we love to hear from you guys. Once again, you can email us, Rayma, Rayma, um, or podcast at Rayma.org or on um, Facebook, Instagram at Rayma Podcast. Amen. Well, here at Rayma, we're bringing hope, hope help, and healing, healing to the world. world. God bless you guys. You have a wonderful day.